Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. They're zoning defensively right now. Davenport in the key. Brazil with a one-hand dunk. He dunked that one over Jeremiah Gambrell. Gambrell 6-3. Brazil 6-10. That one was not fair. Blake with a rebound. Ahead to Arbogast. They couldn't get the shot away before the horn sounded. They tried to get it to the walk-on. That's it. Hawks take their season opener. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great Trash Talk Thursday today. There's a lot of things happening in the sports scene, especially when you got, uh, my goodness, football, basketball going on in full swing. And we know uh, Razorback basketball is going to be Teeing up, uh, tipping off uh, against Gardner Webb tomorrow night at Bud Walton Arena. Got Razorback football three o'clock in the afternoon in Razorback Stadium on Saturday. So it's just been a very busy weekend. It will be a busy weekend. I can't wait to see all of it. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of the baseball conversation we had earlier with Arkansas getting permanent opponents of Ole Miss and Missouri, just like I'm sure everybody wanted. As we go to the phone lines and welcome in Andrew Ellis of Hogsports.com, friend of the show, joins us now and. Uh, Andrew, as always, man, appreciate it. Uh, how you doing this afternoon? I but uh, I've enjoyed watching Arkansas fans really be upset about this uh, this baseball thing. <laughs> so, in that case, what do you make of it? Because we were talking about it, where it's like I can see fans wanted you know LSU or wanted somebody else, but I don't know. I kind of look at it as it's it's a team that you should beat more often than not, and. And it's just some a team that you're going to get stuck with in all the major sports, so you just got to embrace it. I agree with what you're saying 100%. Like I, that was kind of one of my first reactions was I was like, I feel like that could be huge for Arkansas in terms of division title races. You know, you come down to you know one or two games here, and if you have like a sweep over Missouri, hypothetically in a lot of years, I feel like that's that's not a you know we we talk about it all the time with with teams in the East in football where it's like oh well their record's a little bit different, you know, because I, I think that's an advantage, but. uh in, you know, in baseball, in SEC series, I don't think it's a huge deal. My thing is, John, I'm like, do people not realize that it's like almost 100% based on geography? Like, if you look at literally every team, it's just schools that are right there. And I know that Oklahoma is, I think, technically closer than uh, than Missouri and, and definitely closer than Ole Miss. But it's like, um, it, it's almost everybody. It's just they pick schools close to them. So it's like, do people think there's like some weird conspiracy theory going on or like they're trying to force feed us an Arkansas-Missouri rivalry? Like, Look at literally every team, like it's based on geography, and Missouri's in a weird enough location where it's like they only had like three reasonable options, and Arkansas happened to be one of them. Like, I don't understand why everyone's like so. I, I literally texted our good friend Andrew Hutchinson, and I was like, dude, you realize like what's going on? Like, it's not like this. He was calling for the SEC to like redo the whole scheduling format. He's like, hey, they need to change this. I'm just like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, is it really that big of a deal? So, what, what do you think that comes from, though, Andrew? You think it's just that. Uh, the fans, they want to see Arkansas go against the best teams, or do they just want to feel like, um, you know, there's a sense of you're not feeling superior? Because there's some kind of superiority complex towards Missouri, which it shouldn't be, especially in football, but that's just kind of how fans feel about the so-called rivalry with Arkansas and Missouri. I think you nailed it right there. Like, I think that fans, you know, 
they're right on all those points. Like Arkansas is a substantially better program. Like they, if there were a sport you could feel that superiority, maybe it's baseball. And so you know, maybe it's like Arkansas. It feels they feel it's beneath them. And to be fair, like those series up in Como in uh, mid March are never fun. I mean, it's like forty five degrees, the winds blowing like twenty two miles an hour. Like it's just a bad product. So maybe people just have those memories and it really upsets them. And I and I understand all of that. Um, but I just you know it's like. I just didn't. I, I wasn't as offended by it. I just was like, okay, Missouri has to have, you know, two of these teams be their permanent opponent. Arkansas is right there. It made a hundred percent sense to me. But yeah, I think it all comes down to the fact that people just really don't want to embrace Missouri as a rival. Which you know, they're entitled to do that. And that's perfectly fine. I just don't think that this is the place to voice those grievances. You know, I just didn't think that this them doing this geographically really was that you know harsh of a, a thing to do. So thinking out about baseball, we see that those are the uh, permanent opponents, but we don't expect any sort of changes other than that, right? Like they're still going to stick with ten SEC series and, and still keep with that whole format. And you know, as far as other teams go, is it going to be uh, a constant rotation? Just what, what's the format going to look like going forward in SEC baseball? Well, the pro- it's not going to be. There's no divisions anymore, so that's really the biggest notable difference. Which with sixteen teams, like I, you know. I don't think the divisions are that big of a deal anyway, especially in a sport like baseball where there's not a conference title game. You know, our SC basketball hasn't had that for a while. So that's probably the biggest change, that it's going to be a single division format. And, uh, you know, the, the rotation stuff kind of is all over my head of how they're going to really assess this. I just assume that it'll be a weird rotation. What I don't get is if there's 15 possible opponents in 10 weekends, why don't you just play everybody twice every three years? Wouldn't that make sense? I don't know if, you know, I guess we're too late to have this conversation. But, yeah, the format, I don't. I think it's still going to be the same, like 10 regular season SEC series for conference. It'll be a rotation. We Instead of just having your division be your rotation, it's just these two permanent opponents because there is no division. But, like I said, the division's not really a, a huge deal for me because there's no conference title game. So also thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, moving forward and, and like who it could have been or who it should have been. I still feel like with eight SEC other other SEC series games, it's still going to be facing off against a lot of the other opponents. You're still going to go up against Texas. You're still going to go up against LSU. You're still going to be going up against them. But when you talk about divisions, do you think that baseball should stick with divisions? I know this has been an argument. You know, basketball's done away with them for years now. Football, people think that it's going to be going away, and it looks like it's going away. And baseball, kind of same thing. Like, do you feel like there still should be divisions in the SEC and sports, or do you feel like they should just all be done away with? Hey, you know, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. The thing I think about is like football is the only sport where like I really kind of like the divisions because you have a direct, you know, it's such a big reward that comes with winning your division in terms of like getting an SEC title game appearance. I, you know, obviously with basketball, there's a title game, but it's not based on that. It's the tournament. So it's like if you're doing a tournament format at the end of the season. It, I don't understand what the purpose of the division is, other than just separating the teams geographically, which they've you know done to an extent. But it's like at this point, it doesn't really make a ton of sense anyway. There, and it's going to get muddy, especially when you look at other conferences that are starting to have teams come from all across the country. So it's like I think the divisions are, yeah, you know, like you said, they're probably going to get phased out. And I don't know, I don't. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I'm definitely not going to like lose sleep over it or anything, especially in sports like basketball and baseball. Andrew, what is it you like about divisions in football, and could you see that working? You know, it's not likely that they're going to do it, as we're talking about, but could you see it working with so many teams in a conference when we're talking about the SEC at 20, and then uh, Big Ten, they have even more teams. Could you see it working with the number of teams that are going to be within these conferences? Uh, yeah, the only thing I really loved about the division, I, when I say love, like I, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't like riding hard for it, I just... I like that, you know, you have your conference title game and you have the guys coming from each division. I thought that that format was just kind of simple and basic enough. But with the, the, you know, increasing number of teams, if it gets to a point where it's like you're really only playing the teams in your division and you don't have any of those, car, you know, because back in the day it was like two, three crossover games of the East. Um, and so it was a little bit easier to, you know, it was like the, the division, the discrepancy in the divisions in terms of quality of teams wasn't as big of a deal because you were playing enough of them. But if it, you know if you're having a division with nine, ten teams, and if we keep expanding all these conferences, then it probably doesn't make sense because then it kind of forces you your conference schedule. There's just not enough games. You have to play your division, and that's it. And so I think with football, with how many teams there are, it probably makes sense. And just with you know geographically, 
there's always been a little bit of a discrepancy in terms of the West and the East, most years at least. I know that some years like this, it's not as big of a deal, but I think it just is probably at the point. And I think, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I think the SEC is going to, at one point, just be more like the NFL, where it's like we just view it through that lens of, like, this is the league, and there's another league in the Midwest, and that's the Big Ten, and there's another league here. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being that dramatic where these are that big. And at that point, maybe you do divisions, and it's like four or five of them. I don't know, but I think that – uh I'll let people smarter than me figure out these things. I'm just literally spitballing here. So, <laughs> speaking with Andrew Ellis of HawkSports.com here on Out of Bounds. So, Andrew, kind of shifting gears a little bit, Razorback basketball and football both going down this weekend. And uh, the basketball team, we'll start with them since they're happening tomorrow night against Gardner-Webb. After game one, going into this game against Gardner-Webb, more so about the opponent. I know Arkansas is going to be a good team, but uh, what do you make of the opponent of Gardner-Webb? Is, is this going to be more of the same of what we saw against Alcorn State? And also, what do you think the type of lineup that Muss is going to throw out there? Because it seems like he's still trying to figure some things out. Yeah, I think uh, I think this schedule kind of works out perfectly. Where I think this is a minuscule step up. It's not going to be a team that they're just going to run over. Like I don't think they're going to be as bad as Alcorn State is what I'm saying there. Um, but I think in a you know in a next week whenever Arkansas is going to end up having to play Greensboro, I think that's another natural step up from Gardner Webb. So it's like I think the spread was I think the last I checked the spread was around nineteen and a half twenty in some books for this game, and I think that's that's about right. I mean, it started at Beth Saracen at like 24 and a half, but in most books, the Alcorn State game was more around 28. And so I think the point spread there kind of tells the story. It's a step up in competition, but it's like, you're still looking at that like BPI, like 150 range strength. It's not like one of those that's going to really affect your schedule that much. And so it's kind of one of those, you know, just come in, take care of business at Bud Walton Arena, which Arkansas has done literally every single time under Eric Musselman. So, uh, but, you know, in terms of lineup, I, I'm really interested to see what they do at the five because, you know, last year Makai Mitchell starts 31 games and you just kind of assume he's going to be a huge part of the big man rotation this year. But we really haven't seen a ton of him. He's been coming off that foot injury and, you know, hasn't looked great these last couple outings. So we've seen Chandler Lawson really emerge. He's gotten the start. But, you know, Jalen Graham was the one who got more of the run at the five. And so I'm, I'm really interested to see, like, who emerges from that big man rotation because it doesn't seem like there's a ton of separation between all those guys. And then you kind of, throw baseball in there if you want to, but I'm really looking forward to see who emerges from that big man rotation. With these guards, you know, you know, we, we kind of know what we're getting with most, most of these guys other than maybe Layden Blocker and maybe Joe's opinion to see if he's taking a step, but I think all the questions for me are kind of around these big men for these next few games. So would you say that that's the strength of the team right now, the backcourt, and then just uh, as far as playing style, what do you think is the strength of the team? Well, you know, with with Musselman, I feel like he has a trend. Uh, he has a, like a, almost a type that he likes, and it's like those guys there in that six three to six eight range who are interchangeable positionally, can guard multiple positions, can score, can stretch the floor, and kind of just really hyper athletic guys. Um, and it seems like every year Arkansas has like four of those dudes, whether it's Council Black Smith or whoever. And you know, like this year with guys like Kayla Saddle and Tremont Mark, and you throw Devo in there. Like I just really like the versatility they have with some of those shooters and there's just so much scoring ability on the floor at all times. I mean, Trevor Brazil's the, you know, I mentioned him, he's, he's above that little range I mentioned earlier, but I think he's such a huge piece. So just, you kind of know what you have with those one through four. They don't have really a, I wouldn't say a true point guard, but even with guys like Devo and L. Ellis, even if they're not true point guards, you know you're getting some playmaking ability and you know, obviously we've seen Mark and Battle do that. So yeah, I think that you, there's a little bit less to figure out amongst it. Like, you can argue who's going to start and who's going to play at what times, but we at least know what the rotation is going to look like more with that, the backcourt. And the frontcourt, I mean, the other day was the first time I started to really consider could Makai Mitchell not be in their rotation? You know, could he just be getting DNP coaches' decisions? But I think it's because you've seen those other big men emerge. So I guess the next few games we'll see if that emergency is legitimate and if we see some signs of uh, life from Makai. So I want to ask you this, too, because uh, the two freshmen that people have always been you know, very fond of, or at least that are on the Razorback team, is Bayfall and Layden Blocker. Between the two, we've seen both of them come in and, and play some minutes, and uh, both of them commit a lot of fouls, at least, in, in the game earlier this week. But between those two, who do you think – Like, do you think they start getting more playing time? Do you think any either of them will be contributors to this team? Or as time goes on, do you think that they'll just kind of – be put to the side a little bit just because of the fact that they just got so many guys that are in front of them right now? Um, You know, I think, like, you know, this rotation is going to trend down so much. You know, I think when you really get down to it, when it comes down to March, it's really going to be eight, maximum nine guys, you know. Like, even even the guys who play a decent amount throughout the season, I mean, we've even seen guys like Desi Sills 
gets in March where he's playing a ton during the regular season and it doesn't really work out. So I, I think it's tough to view everything. You know, everyone wants to talk about like who's going to be on the floor when the game ends and who's going to be your guys that you trust in March. But it's like there's a lot of games in between now and then. So I do think you'll we'll see plenty of those guys like Blocker and Fall. Um, Blocker specifically, I, I think his defense is going to be one. Like he looks bigger and you know athletically definitely matches up well. Like when I was watching him in that Purdue game. I would say he looked a little bit ahead of schedule from what I really expected from him. And so I really liked, you know, he had a, he had a little bit of a tough debut found out in 10 minutes, but uh, I really like what he brings athletically and as a defender. And I mean, you think back to when Devo Davis was a freshman, I don't think any of us were really like penciling him in for a specific role or like what he was going to do. And he ended up being as important as pretty much anyone on the team as a freshman. So it's like, I'm not saying Layden Blocker is going to do that, but uh, I just don't want to close the book on any of those guys. And, you know, I mentioned the question marks with Arkansas's front court and how we don't really know what's going on there. So it's, so it's like, I can't rule Bay Fallout at all. I mean, I know he's still got a lot of developing to do. I think he's going to be a guy that looks night and day different maybe this time next year when he's been in the system for a while if he sticks around. So, I, you know, I'm more interested in him as a developmental prospect. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the depth is thin there in the front court. So if he ends up having some games where he has to play 15, 20 minutes, I'm not going to be surprised at all. And, so, and you know, last year we saw this with, with Joseph Pinion. I mean, he was kind of – he had his moments where he was kind of in and out of the lineup and – We've seen other guys like Jackson Robinson and whoever who've kind of shuffled and fluctuated their roles. And so I, I think there's there's room for some of that with these freshmen. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think you're going to see this team lean on those older guys a little bit more. And, you know, it's fun to talk about all the possibilities with 10, 11 guys, but it always ends up being a shorter rotation than we all expect. And talking about Leighton Blocker, um, he's a guy that, you know, people take an interest in the fact of uh, the verticals for the players on the team. He has the highest vert on the team. But you mentioned Makai Mitchell. And uh, interesting enough, you know, you think about players that are really athletic. And when you think about Makai Mitchell, you don't necessarily think of him as being that really overly athletic guy. But he has almost a 40-inch vert at his size. That's just kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, this team is so weird. Like, pretty much all of these guys, you can see the case. I mean, you. I mean, I just mentioned how the rotation is going to be short, and I think it's going to get trimmed down to, like, eight. But, I mean, there's so many guys on this team where I'm like, man, they probably deserve to be playing, you know. Like, I think Makai's the guy where it's like, I, I'd say he's earned it just based on the production what he had last year, and he was the guy that played a, a good bit for him. You would just imagine Jalen Graham, same thing. And I mean, the way Chandler Lawson played, I mean, you just going down the line, like, there's a case to be made for literally all those guys. And Bayfall and Layden Blocker are definitely not exceptions in that. I mean, you got guys with that much talent. I mean, they're developing at such a rate where it's like in two months they might look completely different. So I think there's uh, there's room for plenty of possibilities with this rotation for sure. All right, Angel, now raise your rec football. Did they beat Auburn? You, th- you think that they make it two in a row? Do they Did they knock off Auburn for the first time at home since 2015? How do you see that playing out? I they better beat Auburn, John. I mean, I'm not even saying that like from a like, you know, I want them to, or I, you know, I, I'm not going to say any of that. I just like, if they don't beat Auburn, then it's like, I don't know. It just becomes a lot harder to keep up that positive vibe of like, oh yeah, you know, they, they, it seems like they found something. And, you know, you, you, you know, I, I agree with everyone. Like that win last week was so big and it definitely changes the perception of kind of when you view this thing, big picture, but it's just whatever big picture you're going to talk yourself into with this program. Like they lose to Auburn and officially are not bowl eligible. And it's like, you lose a home game, a game you're favored in. Like, I don't know. It just, it just becomes a lot tougher to talk yourself into, especially the next two games. I mean, like, what are we supposed to talk about for the next two weeks? So, I, I would say, like, you know, if you're if you're a serious football program and like you're really, this is a sustainable situation you have here. You beat Auburn at home whenever your season's on the line. I mean, am I am I talking out of line here? Like, am I saying anything crazy? No, no, you're you're right on with that, Andrew. Simply because. Uh, the answer would be if they don't win this game against Auburn and you don't have a chance to get into a bowl, then what we're talking about is what we've been talking about, and that's basketball and the excitement for basketball and, and what's going to happen there. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it says a lot about that. We, we, we just talked for 20 minutes here, and we talked like 30 seconds worth of football. I mean, like we're already kind of at that point, but, I mean, you know, I definitely think, uh, man, if they lose this one, it's like, man, we really – we're going to go ahead and just – uh push football down the road for a little bit. Yeah, I don't see anybody uh, still feeling good about anything of football other than just, you know, firing everybody. I feel like it'll just be right back to square one where they were a few weeks ago, but I don't know. This is this is going to be a fascinating one because of just all the reasons that obviously you know about and that we've listed, but uh, to know that uh, Sam Pittman 
is still is still fighting for something. This team's still fighting for something. I just have a feeling, though, Andrew, if, if Arkansas is going to win this game, it's going to be another one-score game, crazy thing that's going to be frustrating like the Florida game. Uh, I, I don't see this being a blowout in any stretch, but I feel like it's going to come down to the wire no matter what. Yeah, to quote a wise man, I'm sure this is going to go completely as planned and there's not going to be any, any dramatic stuff going on. <laughs> I was just, you know... <laughs> I love seeing every time that Arkansas. It's like I can count on. I can always count on Phil Rivers to be down by a score late in the fourth quarter of every, like at two fifty eight every NFL Sunday. I can always count on like Arkansas being in that range, or it's like a three point game going the fourth quarter, and I see that tweet from John Neighbors. That's always what I can like. These are things that really I can. I love to have in my everyday life. Speaking of that, Andrew, do you have a favorite NFL team? Uh, Houston Texans. I'm, so I was. I grew up in Central Louisiana, and my brother moved to Houston when I was like eight or nine and so uh the, you know New Orleans was about three and a half hours from me but the first pro sports games I ever went to were all Houston and so I just kind of adopted all those because my family they were all Razorback fans that grew up in Central Arkansas and so they did they weren't my dad wasn't like super passionate about any pro teams and so I just kind of when I was a kid just decided I was going to pick pick one and roll with it I just picked the city of Houston and uh it worked out yeah, you, I mean, you get you like to be on the cheaters uh, side of things too with the Astros exactly. and all that. So yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, listen, hey, you got to win it when you can, man. Got to win it when you can. Andrew Ellis of <laughs> Hogsports dot com. As always, man, we appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend, man. We'll be catching up with you later. All right. Absolutely, man. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, appreciate it. again. That was Andrew Ellis of Hogsports dot com. We'll take a commercial break here on Out of Bounds. Come back with uh, a little bit more of the headlines and some of your text messages and phone calls on a Trash Talk Thursday. So stay with us. It's Houston Nut Wednesdays on Morning Mayhem presented by Reed's Medals of Ben. This holiday season, Reed's Medals is donating a new metal roof to a neighbor in need as part of their Covering the Community program. If you know someone in need of a new roof, nominate them online at reedsmedals.com backslash giving dash back. Nominations accepted through November 22nd. Sports Center. Last night in the NBA, the Bucks beat the Pistons 120-118 despite Giannis Antetokounmpo being ejected midway through the third. Bobby Portis had a big night as he had 18 points and 5 rebounds off the bench. On the season, he's averaging 12 points and 5 rebounds in 20 minutes a game. The Grizzlies dropped to 1-7 on the season, losing to the Heat 108-102. The Grizzlies will face the Jazz on Friday. The Wizards beat the Hornets 132-116. Daniel Gafford had 5 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks in 13 minutes in that game. For the Hornets, Nick Smith Jr. played 4 minutes in the fourth quarter and have five points on two for two from the field. Tonight in the league, there will be a doubleheader on NBA TV. First up, the Pacers will host the Bucks at six. Then at 8.30, the Hawks will take on the Magic. And in the NFL, Thursday night football will have the Bears taking on the Panthers at 7.15. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center in Benton proudly offers compassionate and loving care to our veterans, meeting the unique needs of every veteran who calls Heartland home. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. Arkansas Brewskies is excited about their second location, and it's time to add to the team. Brewskies North is hiring servers, bartenders, cooks, and managers. To apply, drop by our downtown location and fill out an application. If you want to work in a fun, professional environment, this is for you. Brewskies North is hiring servers, bartenders, cooks, and managers. Apply in person at Brewskies Downtown. For more info, check us out online at brewskiespubandgrub.com. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. Hurry up, dude. The game's about to start. Nothing beats spending the day watching the game with your buddies. Dude, I'm literally right here. Let's do this. Which is why a shelter insurance renter's policy is key to your winning game plan. It protects things your landlord's policy doesn't. Uh, dude, where's your TV? What? No way, dude. Like that flat screen TV that just got stolen. See Agent Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Bo Beavis in Cabot, or Daniel Vickers in Sherwood. David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models. From transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. 
If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family-owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. If you're looking for the best deal on a pre-owned vehicle, you'll find it here in Hot Springs on Central Avenue at Motorsports Authority here with Wild Bill and Magic Mark. These are some fantastic deals, guys. Hey, Magic Mark, tell us about some of these special rigs you got sitting here. We've got cars for every taste. Cars, trucks, SUVs. This is the best selection of inventory we've had in the past two years. More for your trade? Yes. Payments for every budget? Yes. Online at msastore.com. We'll see you at Motorsports Authority. What are you waiting for? You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Arkansas Army National Guard. Aired by the Arkansas Broadcasters Association and this station. Ortho Arkansas presents the High School Scoreboard Show with Randy Rainwater, Kevin Bohannon, and Barry Grooms every Friday night at 10, only on 1037 The Buzz. Brought to you in part by First Security Bank. here from Thursday Night Football on Westwood One. Join me along with one of this year's Hall of Fame inductees, Joe Thomas, from Soldier Field in Chicago for NFC action between the Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Both teams looking for a win to lift confidence at the season's halfway point. Don't miss any of the action on Thursday Night Football. Right here on 1037 The Buzz. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash win and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash win. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus in President's State. We're lawful to wager. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 5343424 in New York. Unlike other shows, we don't talk over each other with old hee-haw jokes. It's bullcrap! Well, I ain't standing for this! Oh, my the hell! Yeah, they're down! They're down! So call or text to actually be heard on Out of Bounds at 501-661-1037. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Trips left. That's into the open side of the field. Got a new running back in the game. They throw it short. It's intercepted. Inside the 25. That's going to be a touchdown. Arkansas picks it off. That is Antonio Greer. Transfer from South Florida. First action of the season into the end zone. Hogs are on the board. On 1037 The Buzz. here on a Trash Talk Thursday, but one thing that I am never going to talk trash about, of course, is Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart. If you're feeling the weather, you're feeling a little bit rainy, a little bit cold, a little bit dreary, boy, that's hunting weather, isn't it? And luckily for you, Max Prairie Wings has all the things that you will ever need when it comes to your hunting season. For instance, they have the ladder stands and also the ground blind solutions that you need, but plenty of high-quality scopes for your deer rifles in collection with the deer rifles and rifle ammo, deer scent, 
everything you need to get that buck this year. We know that it's a big hunting state here in Arkansas, and when you are considered to be the best place for all of your hunting needs, you know that it's real, and that's what Max Prairie Wings is all about. And another great thing about them, too, is that if you go online, you can shop them at maxpw.com. It's M-A-C-K-S-P-W.com, and you can get some great deals there. So if you can't make it all the way to Stuttgart, just shop them online. And any order, any order that's over $99, you get free shipping. I'm telling you, the deals just continue to go on and on and on with Max Prairie Wings. So you need to be a part of it. You need to go over there and check them out in Stuttgart, or you can shop online at maxpw.com. And you can also sign up for their newsletter to receive exclusive offers, news, and updates to enhance your hunting experience. The hunt begins right here at Max Prairie Wings, where they're passionate about helping you make this deer season the best one yet. It's Max Prairie Wings, your one-stop shop for all of your hunting needs. Happy hunting. It is a Trash Talk Thursday here on Out of Bounds, and I know we've had a few uh, people that have been uh, texting in and messaging in, which we'll get to those in a second, because I also want to get to this Peyton Hill story and dealing with Josh McDaniel, still a weird one, but uh, let's go to the, uh, the phone lines and get Chase, who's in North Little Rock, want to chime in. What's up, Chase? You with us, Chase? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we got, got you. you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I, I was hearing some talk earlier about the, the rivalry issue with Arkansas and Missouri. I wanted to give my take on it. Um, okay. When it comes to rivalries, a rivalry is created on the field. It's through plays that make you hate the other team for an entire year. You have to have the history behind it and the hate. It, it's like out, Outcast taught us in Equimini that there's a thin line between love and hate. And so we love that game because we hate who we're playing against. One thing that you can do to jumpstart a rivalry if you don't have a history is get a trophy. People like playing for shiny things. And the other thing is just continue to play each other. So why I don't think we're rivals right now with Missouri, I think we will be because we're constantly going to be put in a situation where the last game of the year is against Missouri and it's going to control our fate for being a better bowl going to a bowl game. Um, if all of my Hail Marys landed, then going to uh, the college football playoff. Um, but, yeah, it's, we're calling them their, our rival now. It's going to happen, but it's just like a placeholder for, say, LSU, who also was accelerated by the boot. That's just kind of my, my take on it is that, you know, we can't force it. We can just call them or, you know, if you don't think they're a rival now, call them our, our permanent uh, revolving opponent. And then once you figure out they're your rival, then then you can do it. Yeah, I think that that's a fair way to look at it because I, I agree with you too. As far as um, you know, the LSU rivalry, I think the the boot was officially. Cre- I can't remember the year is officially created. But I know they started calling it that maybe '96, something to that extent. But um, you know, it, it was all David Battle's mustache was still just luscious at the point when it came out. I believe. Oh man, yeah, I bet it was. But that, but that's the thing is like. When it came out, you know, there were some games and, you know, it was a thing. And LSU, I think it was in the late 90s, they weren't very good. I think it was Jer- uh, Gary DiNardo or whatever his name was, was the coach. But what made it into what it was, or at least what it is now, and how Razorback fans felt about it is exactly what you talked about, games of consequence. Because there were times where that game, the winner won the SEC West. Uh, Arkansas sometimes won it, and then other times LSU won it. And then you, you already build it from that, and then later it was uh, – you know, like in the 2006 season, if you would have beaten LSU, you would have uh, been maybe in the driver's seat to play for a national championship. You didn't. And in 2010, you know, the winner goes to the Sugar Bowl. That's what really put it some consequence. But since that Missouri game's been at the end of the year, you just have no games of consequence. You've had no games of like, oh, man, if this happens, uh, if you beat this team, then, man, this is this great thing's going to happen. It hasn't been that. So that's why I feel like also people are pretty – uh, a little bit, not repulsed by it, but just they're very apprehensive about calling it a rivalry because you just haven't had those types of games just yet. You know, have you ever seen like a, like a, a footage from a cockfight? Like they have to like take the chickens and like bump them into each other a couple times first before they actually, you know, get get to scrap. And I, by the way, do not uh, take part in cockfighting, nor do I uh, uh, condone it, just for the record. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm glad we could set the record straight. I have not seen any of those videos, but I, I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. 
All right, uh, that that was it. That was just my hot take on uh, on rivalry. Thank you. All right, appreciate it, Chase. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I wanted to bring up this story too uh, before we uh, get to our final segment of three and out. But uh, Joe, I, th- I think the guys on the zone were talking about it. But you know, Josh McDaniels fired from uh, the Raiders, and you know that was his second stint in the NFL as a head coach because he was also with the Broncos. And there was a <laughs> former Broncos player who put out this memoir and was talking about some of the things that he really did not like about Josh McDaniels and some of the things that was brought out. And, and part of it was that uh, he says, like, Josh McDaniels is a bad football coach, and uh, there were some things about him when he talked about when he was cut and said that Josh McDaniels butted heads with Jay Cutler, with Brandon Marshall, with Tony Scheffler, like, because those were all Mike Shanahan guys, and so he made him uncomfortable. And like, all this stuff, talking about that, but what was uh, pretty fascinating, at least from the Arkansas angle and the Peyton Hillis angle, is that it says in the memoir, McDaniel's ego was not only fragile on the field, he famously shipped out Peyton Hillis because, rumor had it, McDaniels thought his wife was attracted to Peyton Hillis. And I, I saw that, and I'm like, man, it, I know that's just a rumor and putting it in there, but... Uh, you know, just kind of rip Josh McDaniels, and if that's the case, or if that was some sort of true rumor, that really makes for an even more wild story. But it didn't seem like anybody really had any sort of love for Josh McDaniels for anybody that played for him as a head coach. It seems like a lot of crazy stories coming out that are connected to Josh McDaniels, and even Devontae Adams, who you know there was a lot of rumors around him possibly being traded. And, of course, he's still with the Raiders. He was at an NBA game, and there was an NBA ref talking to Devontae Adams and telling him how big of a Raiders fan he is, and he just wants to see good things happen for the organization. And and Devontae was telling him, he's like, oh, everything's going to be a lot better now. Trust me on that. Everything, you know, with the the players and the team, everybody's starting to, to come together as one, and everything will be a lot better. So, just listening to what Devontae Adams had to say to the, the ref, you're already reading in between the lines on that and the fact that nobody really liked Josh McDaniels as the head coach, and they have such a belief in Antonio Pierce and moving forward. No, I just I know that you never know until you get somebody in there, and uh, he's somebody that was under Bill Belichick and learned a lot from him and maybe had some success as an assistant, but... I just feel like if it's one thing if you're a coach and you go into the NFL, and we'll just use the NFL as an example. If you're a head coach and you just don't win, you know, if, you, if you're just not it, if, if you just don't get it, if it doesn't work out, you don't have the rest, whatever it is, it's one thing if you just don't win. But to me, it's quite another thing when, like, universally, everyone hates you. Like, not only do you not win, but then, like, all the players resent you. All of them feel like you, you've you, you got all these issues, and it's just like, man... That, that's got to be extra, extra horrible. Is like not only do you not win games, but then all the players resent you and hate you so much so that even after the fact, they still hold a grudge. Like That takes, to me, a lot of talent to do, to, to be terrible, but also to have everyone to hate you for it, too. Now, the one person within that organization, and of course he has a minority stake, is Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is somebody that would have Josh McDaniels back. And you almost kind of wonder, was he consulted in the fact of, some of the things that were happening there and asked about Josh McDaniels because they did win together and they won a lot, but ultimately Josh McDaniels is gone. So you wonder how Tom Brady even factored into that or, or if he even factored into it at all. Well, that is our final uh, commercial break coming up. And then when we're going to take that, we'll come back with three and out, get to some headlines, some storylines, some things we didn't get into close up shop, get you ready for drive time sports. It's all coming up next on out of bounds.
Thanksgiving is almost here, which means it's time to start thinking about your holiday plans. This year, save time along with the worry and hassle and let the team at Edwards Food Giant do it for you. Their turkey dinner includes the turkey as well as their signature cornbread dressing, giblet gravy, cranberry sauce, and dinner rolls. All fully cooked, homemade, and ready for you to heat and serve to your family. If that's not enough, their deluxe turkey dinner also includes sweet potato casserole, green beans, and apple pie. Now that's what I call a Thanksgiving spread. Click on edwardsfoodgiant.com to view their full menus and find out how to order your dinner. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lion's Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lion's Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at lionsdrug.com. Attention Arkansas homeowners. Bath makeover of Arkansas started with 50, then 30. Now we've reached the final days. Looking for 20 homeowners to participate in our first ever Rake in the Fall Savings event. 20 homeowners will receive test market pricing on a beautiful new walk-in shower. Bath Makeover is looking to evaluate our exciting new product lines in real bathroom conditions, including our revolutionary new laser etch shower wall system. Homeowners will be compensated for their time just to determine if our exquisite product lines are the right fit for your bathroom project. 20 homeowners who call 1-800-357-0956 will save 75% on installation of a new walk-in shower. Ask about 18 months, no interest, no payments, senior and military discounts, and call 1-800-357-0956 now to receive a free $50restaurant.com gift card with estimate. Call Bath Makeover now at 1-800-357-0956. Companies are shifting their telephone systems to the cloud, and you should too. ESI eCloud PBX has everything you need. Features like work from anywhere, video calls, and advanced security tools make ESI eCloud PBX one of the best choices for any business. Opt out of the high cost of your traditional phone system and move to the cloud. Sign up for an online demo at nsgdv.com and get your system activated at no charge. Network Services Group. One call does it all. Here's another remarkable success story from QC Kinetics. This one from Chad, who hurt his knee at the gym one day, and it just kept on hurting for months. From my high school football and wrestling days, I already had a little bit of damage in there, but this just sent it over the edge. Chad tried traditional treatments with no improvement when he turned to the non-surgical regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics. It was really fascinating how they did their work, and the science behind it was very intriguing, and it works. Extracting the cure out of my own body blew my mind. It's like I'm brand new again. It was fantastic. That's because the QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments use your body's own healing power to restore damaged tissue in your hips, shoulders, back, and knees, providing long-lasting relief. Now I'm back at the gym. I'm 100% feeling great. If you're tired of suffering with pain from arthritis or injury, call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Join the zone each Monday for Game Balls and Jock Straps. Brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. Find out who made the best, average, and worst headlines in sports and entertainment each Monday as Justin Akery and Wes Moore give you their Game Balls and Jock Straps on the zone from 10 to 1. It's all brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. 501-794-2770. Call today to get your landscape updated to a whole new level and be listening for Game Balls and Jock Straps only on 103.7 The Buzz. It's not just about the size of the meat, it's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are... Boom. Out of here. All right.
right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. But before we do that, I got to tell you about Guatney Chevrolet in Jacksonville as they have great deals going on on all of their vehicles. Like right now, you can get a 2023 Chevrolet Silverado just with less than 2% APR financing. I mean, you're not getting that kind of deal anywhere else, folks. And it's only with Guatney Chevrolet. Or you can get $2,000 total cash allowance with them. And they also still have a great amount of pre-owned vehicles that you choose from. As they say, they're good enough for mom. So if they're good enough for you to buy them for your mother, they're good enough for you to be in. And they have all different types to choose from, whether it's an SUV, whether it's a pickup truck, or whether it's just a full-size car. They got it all. And you can't go wrong when you go with Guadney Chevrolet, as they have beautiful cars in there, too. And they have an award-winning sales staff that will help you get in that vehicle that you want. And service staff. So when you get, do get your vehicle, you can always go back there and get some of the best service around, and they'll take care of your vehicle needs. And that's what Guadney Chevrolet does because they are Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. So check them out today at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville, right off the Gregory Street exit. You can also shop them at line, online with GuadneyChevrolet.com. So no matter what your need may be, do it with Guadney Chevrolet and GuadneyChevrolet.com. Okay, so three and out, a few headlines and storylines and some fun stuff, too. So I thought this was pretty funny because I love, like, outrage that happens on social media, especially on X, especially on people that uh, seem to have at least a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a presence there. But there's a guy named David Schuster who uh, works for the it's, – it's a political outlet. We want to get involved in that. But either way, he was quite upset because of some of the things that's been going on with the coverage of Michigan football – and how ESPN has been covering it. So we know about, of course, Michigan and the sign stealing and everything, and he's a Michigan alum. Well, he's been tweeting at uh, Bob Iger, the chairman of Disney, saying, my family and I were planning a week-long trip to Disney World in 2024, but we have now paused the reservations, giving ESPN and College Game Day, which Disney and ABC oversees. If Feinbaum isn't fired, ESPN, our family will go to Six Flags, Congratulations. And he went on a whole other stuff about how much it's it's just a conspiracy theory and how they're treating it and how they're looking at Michigan because of all these things. This is somebody that's got like 100,000 followers and actually has a astute journalism degree and everything. So I guess uh, college football will make us all crazy. But uh, I'm glad to see that even Michigan fans got a little SEC in them when they start uh, threatening to protest some things if they don't get their way and if they don't get their team talked about in a positive way. MBPA Executive Director Tamika Tramalio has stepped down, and Andre Iguodala, who recently retired, he's going to be the union's acting executive director. Now, he was a longtime member of the MBPA's executive committee, and there's going to be a formal search to find a permanent replacement for executive director. But for now, uh, with Andre Iguodala coming in as the acting executive director, C.J. McCollum, who is the MBPA president, and he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. He said, we thank Tamika for her service and leadership throughout the CBA process and are thrilled to welcome Andre as acting executive director. So a new exciting role for Andre Iguodala. It was pretty funny last night uh, seeing uh, Giannis get ejected, which uh, anytime that a player gets ejected, it's always big news, but especially with Giannis uh, because he was uh, taunting a little bit after a big dunk. And this was in the uh, early parts of the third quarter. But not only when he got ejected, he disagreed with the call, but he also, uh, have, as a form of protest, just went over and sat in the front row seats with the, some of the fans uh, that was just sitting there as he was still pretty frustrated and upset of where it went. So glad to know that he could have some uh, a funny moment about it and got some funny moments with the fans there too. But, uh, yeah, he's just not very happy with the way that he was ejected just simply for taunting, as they called it, after a big dunk. Justin Jefferson says that uh, he's going to return soon to the Vikings lineup, but his hamstring injury, he said he won't play until he's 100%. He says the hamstring is a difficult injury just because it lingers and it comes back from time to time. If you don't put the right treatment into it, the guys and the rest of the coaching staff in this building know my worth on the field, and they want me at 100% as well as I do. I don't just want to go out there at 80 or 90% and have a chance of hurting it again. So it's just day-to-day, and when that time comes, I'll definitely be ready to step out there. So there was a uh, Texas radio show host who had to own up to a bet after the Rangers won the World Series uh, because earlier this season, when asked about his team's chances to make the postseason, the manager of Texas Rangers said, the only thing I need to know right now 
is uh, the catcher, Austin Hedges. What's the number on your rear end right now? With many speculating that Hedges was keeping track of the magic number of wins and to win the World Series. Well, following that, Jeff Cavanaugh, who is a radio show host there in Texas, said, if the Rangers win it all, I'll get a tattoo with the number zero on my rear end after the team beat Baltimore in the ALDS. Well, he owned up to it. He got a logo on his rear end with video form with the number zero. So glad to see that some people, unlike Mad Dog Musso, Russo or whatever, actually owns up to the things that they say when they say they're going to do it when it comes to their sports bets. Shaq Leonard is not happy about his reduced role with the Colts, but he is somebody that has dealt with some injuries here in the past couple of years. He's had some complications from back surgeries and some nerve damage there, and now he's, uh, he's been relegated pretty much to a third down linebacker and being on the field during third downs, but he said now that the team came to him and they told him they're reducing his reps and his role on second down too, and he said uh, it's just heartbreaking to get to that point. And once he heard that, it really kind of sucked for him. Now, he was the 2018 Defensive Player of the Year, and he feels like he's getting back close to form. But the Colts coaching staff and defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, they don't see it that way. They disagree with him, and they, they just want to work him back in slow and make sure that he's healthy. So the Utah Jazz, of course, always will remember the time that Michael Jordan beat them in their building for his sixth NBA title, and which would have been their first. And they still hold a grudge, so much so that the Wi-Fi inside of where the Utah Jazz play their basketball games, it, the Wi-Fi is called Jordan Pushed Off. So if you're looking to uh, connect to the Wi-Fi there where the Utah Jazz play, uh, just get on the, your old uh, iPhone and look at the different networks and find the one that says Jordan pushed off and you'll be able to get right into their high-speed internet. There's a woman in the UK on TikTok and she got a tat. We see about we see face tats all the time now, but she actually got her boyfriend's name tatted across her forehead. And she was asked about it and she did confirm that it's real and she said, "I know it's a bit crazy and it's hard for me to believe that I I still did it to this day." But if you want to express your feelings, I think that if you really love someone, you should be able to show it off. Uh, also, uh, in some funny news with uh, Victor Wimbanyama, uh, he went to Madison Square Garden last night and he was uh, booed, booed a lot. And I mean, let's be honest, I mean, they be all pretty frustrated with him. But when he was asked about uh, being booed at the arena last night, he just simply said, well, it wasn't as big as I expected when talking about Madison Square Garden. So a little chippiness and a little trash talk already from the young rookie. Charlie Sheen, we know that he was a bit upset when he heard that his daughter Sammy was getting on OnlyFans. But in uh, the past few months, it's been revealed how much money she's making with her OnlyFans. And now Charlie Sheen has had a change of heart. Because he sees that she's putting it to good use and that the income is flowing. It's amazing what happens when they see the money, how their mind can change when it comes to OnlyFans. Well, appreciate everybody listening in Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Stay tuned, folks. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. Hey folks, Trey Johnson here with H.J. Trailer Sales in Hot Springs. And I want to thank all our customers for making H.J. Trailer Sales the number one trailer and truck bed dealer in the state of Arkansas. With fall almost here and everyone heading to the woods, I want to let you know that we're here to keep your trailers on the road with a great repair shop. So come see us at H.J. Trailer Sales where we make you the priority and where you will also find that we keep our word. We're family owned and operated. Check us out at hjtrailersales.com 